All right, all right. Here we are. Uh, a Hellabass Live Thursday night edition again this week. So back-to-back Thursday nights. And this week, I'm going to go for it here. Jay Shakurit. How'd that That's do? pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good for first <laughs> right time. On. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm sure you've heard a lot worse. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, there's been, it's been butchered multiple times. <laughs> yeah, right on. I'm used to, I'm from the North. I'm from the Midwest. You know, there's a lot of those Scandinavian, Eastern mm. European names floating around. So you kind of get to, you know, I get to work with Polish Pete over at Omnia and, and uh, yeah, you know, Pres- Presperoya, I think is so, but uh, right on. Well, welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, see who's all, uh, what's up, Sean, a few other people, Critical Gravy, Corey, see several members hopping on. Quite a few people let us know facebook youtube how's the uh, video and sound it sounds good on our end just want to make sure it looks good backlash pro thomas hines tim people are pouring in what's up everybody yeah just a bunch of fishing fools hanging out talking some fishing on a thursday night in the winter time um <clears throat> good, good yeah good. all right we got somebody checking in from facebook so they're on too awesome Look at crispy. Well, good. Yeah, I hardwired this laptop set up in the studio for the first time ever. So we'll see if this uh, takes care of some of that little bit of fuzzy fading I occasionally had. Well, we got Frank Jr. in the house, so this is basically like BTL late night now. So we're good. <laughs> After hours, did we put Frank Sr. to bed already? And now Frank's up running around. Um. Thanks for turning that. Oh yeah, he doesn't like the uh, the LEDs that I flash in the background no. sometimes. I have no idea. We'll see how much gets here when we get here, Chris, and then we'll shovel it at that time. All right. Well, thanks everybody for joining in. Uh, we're here on the live on the YouTube on the Facebook. You might be tuning in later on the podcast, uh, which is growing nicely as well. The people that listen to the audio down the road, I'm sure you know Jay. With all your driving now that you're in Elite Series angle, you might yeah. have to hook up the Hellabass podcast and, and listen to what some other people got to say that to pass the For time sure. as a professional truck driver, part-time bass angler. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. That's <laughs> terrible. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, let's get into it. Let's get, I don't know if everybody knows who Jay is. Uh, I, I kind of feel like a little bit under the radar, right? There's been a lot of people getting into the opens and you just quietly just fished one division. What took second in the points and made the elites. Yeah, yeah. And so, it kind of all happened, like, I think, wasn't there one central early, and then the two were right at the end? So it kind of, like, just yeah, there was out a, of nowhere, right? Like, there wasn't yeah. like that, oh, he's, he's in the yeah, points, and not. he's close. It was like, you had a decent tournament cash to ch- check, then you got a yeah. top 10, and then, like, two weeks later, you were in, right? It was yeah. like, bang, bang, bang. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was kind of crazy. It was like, we started off in uh, Pickwick, and I ended mm-hmm. up 17th there, and that was in April, so and we had a we were originally supposed to go to smith lake and that was supposed to be like right after that or no that was actually supposed to be before pickwick excuse me yeah and uh but that got canceled till october and then we had the back-to-back tournaments in october so i had to wait all summer you know i had a decent finish and i was sitting okay and then uh you know the smith lake tournament happened i top 10 there and then i was actually sitting in first in points after smith or i was tied for first there was like right. two points behind and then uh yeah at that next tournament i ended up squeaking in a second and pretty crazy stuff to happen that fast right and see so, so yeah so jay is uh one of the new elite series 
rookies for 2022. Um, he qualified through the central division this year, just fished one division, as we talked about. Fairly, what are you like, 22, 23? 22. 22. Yep. So, ripe old age of uh, 22. Uh, Jay does have an IG. I believe it's just his na- at yeah, it's name. Yeah, just Jay. No yeah, just Jay Shakura. Just the letter J and then my last name. And, it, and it's spelled exactly how it sounds. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Um, but <laughs> right. So Jay's from Wisconsin. Uh, was it Stevens Point? Yep, Stevens Point, right in the middle. Right. So if you're familiar, and if you, it's like right there, right? Like that's how they. Yeah. What you do? Pretty like, much. So I went to I went to Stout as college back in the, oh, okay, in the late nineties, yeah. and like I like oh hey where are you from and like these all these kids from Wisconsin started pointing at their hand and I was like why, why <laughs> what does that mean you get your hand? like oh no your hand is shaped like Wisconsin and I was like it is oh, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, awesome and uh, yeah so we're having him on gonna talk to him we'll cover some things he's been down to Florida doing a little sneaking around this uh, I don't know if he was breaking in his boat or what he was doing we'll talk about that we'll talk a little bit more about his journey on how he got here. Uh, some of his fishing heritage back in Wisconsin. Uh, and we'll cover just, you know, whatever comes up, answer a bunch of questions. Keith wants to get right in the nuts of it. He wants to know what's, what's Jay's bread and butter. Ooh. Uh, Fireball jigs. <laughs> I do. So I do a lot of uh, Keith. I do a lot of fishing around like central Wisconsin and a little bit Northern Wisconsin. So we have a lot of like flowages and rivers, a lot of like current, base stuff i like to like swim a jig and flip a jig is probably like my bread and butter on those fisheries i feel like we we, we can be best buds already jay like yeah, right, right. you're right my bread and butter <laughs> nice what's up will good to see you all right where do we begin uh, i guess before we get too far in, i want to thank arsenal fishing for supporting the channel supporting the stream i uh, will have the code up on the bottom in a little bit here uh if you guys want to check out arsenal fishing we appreciate what they do for the stream um but so and then so you kind of like jumped into the or you qualified the elites out of nowhere which is kind of interesting because right you hear about all these guys like brad hullman and matt Pangrack and mm-hmm. yeah. you know guys that have been around for a long time their names are escaping me but we got all these guys that are coming back to the opens or trying to get back into the elites and things like that um and uh and you just fish one division and you're in. And everybody talks about how hard it is. Why, why was it so easy for Jay? <laughs> uh, I wouldn't say it was easy. I mean, I go, it was not easy. Nothing in the <laughs> opens until you've actually experienced it now. So I had what I can take credit for, for some of my success was having two years prior to this year fishing as a co-angler on the opens. So I had... You know, I had those two years under my belt, basically seeing exactly how it goes down in an actual like 225 boat field. Like you don't know what that's like until you actually get out on a body of water and see 225 bass boats fishing for the same prize. And, you know, obviously nowadays there's there's no secrets. So, you know, you pull up on three of your spots you got and there's two boats on one of them, three boats on the other and maybe one on the other one you kind of just have to, you know, fly with what you know. It's not exactly, you know, you might not, especially in those tougher tournaments we fished uh, in the fall. I mean, those were like five keeper bites a day kind of deal. And, mm-hmm. you know, you just like fly what you know, what you learned in practice, not necessarily exactly what you found, like spot on the spot deal, but 
a lot of it I credit to that knowledge of having that co-angler experience. I did actually, uh, my first year in 2019, I was fortunate enough to win on Grand Lake as a co-angler. And then in 2020, I was fortunate enough to win on Lay Lake as a co-angler as well. So I had some, you know, some good experience under my belt. I had some great pros. I learned a ton from those guys. And, you know, I felt like it was time to take that leap. You know, I had the, the financial stability to do it. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> to say it, you know, it worked out is an understatement because it, it worked out and it worked out in a hurry. Yeah, so that's one thing that maybe not a lot of people don't know, but you're actually a two-time co-angler champion. So you won a Bassmaster Open in 2020 and again in 2021. So Good, you, yeah, 19 how, and 20. Yeah. 19 and 20. Sorry, 19. <laughs> yeah. You qualified in 21. How yep. many total opens did you fish as a co-angler? I fished four each year. That was so when they I, had. Yeah. Two yeah, divisions. that was when they had the four in the eastern and four in the central. I believe we did. And so, yeah, I fished eight tournaments total as a co-angler. And you won basically 25% of them. Yeah, I guess you could put it that way. Do you yeah. expect to win 25% of your tournaments on the Elite Series in the next five years? Uh, no, but <laughs> hopefully cash a check. That's that's my main goal go. is, cool. is to just stay up there and just stay in contention. Do you love gravy and biscuits or do you prefer biscuits and gravy? Mm. Definitely a gravy guy. Biscuits are good too. That's kind of that's more of a southern thing. Every time I go down, I go to a breakfast place. It's biscuits and gravy. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so who was I don't know what what do you was your I don't know maybe your most influential draw in the opens as, as a boater. Yeah, yeah. So I actually drew um, Patrick Walters in Walters. Nice. 2000 and that was in 2020 i believe yeah i believe it was just last year actually or the year before uh, i drew him that was an awesome day learned a ton from him you know not even i mean until you actually get in the boat with some of these guys i mean they're just they're just other bass fishermen i mean they're nothing you know you, you take them people for granted i mean i'm not saying that they're not obviously they're great fishermen but you know, until you actually like step in the boat and you're just, you're just fishing with somebody. It's, you know, you, you just, you just have to pay attention to the little things they do throughout the day that, that makes them so successful. So I got paired with Patrick Walters. And then the next day I was actually fortunate enough to get paired with Brandon Cobb, which was, that was a nice. pretty awesome two days of fishing on a, on a lake that was fishing extremely tough. Which so I, uh, Cherokee and Cherokee. that was in, okay like October, September. That was, was the final late. event of the year, right? Yeah. 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 So having those two, just being able to see, you know, how they work through the day and if it's not going good, which, you know, obviously nobody's having the greatest day ever, every day of the week. So just seeing right. like how, how they handle a tough day on a lake and just the way they act when they're not catching fish or if they are catching fish or if they do catch one fish, you know, like where they go, what they what they're gonna start looking for, just things like that, definitely right helped on. out. Were there any like key baits or secret weapons? I mean, as a guy that as won a as a co, like, well, I mean, obviously yeah. you, you <laughs> cash several checks, you won two events. What are some? What's some maybe some baits or some advice um, or like some key takeaways? Yeah, so a lot of people 
talk about fishing as a co-angler and they talk about like going finesse and doing that whole deal. Uh, Shaky head, drop shot. Yeah. I kind of, I tend to stay away from that just because nowadays a lot of people already go finesse. Like there's no, I mean, don't get me wrong. There's times and places that it works great, but having a bait that's like almost like a power fishing bait as a co-angler that your pro's not throwing is the uh-huh. key. So say your pro is throwing a, I don't know, like a 1.5 square bill going down a 45 degree bank in the fall on Cherokee Lake, pull out a, you know, a sexy dog top water, something that he's not throwing. Maybe the fish haven't seen yet. If it's a little bit overcast, not necessarily like going down to a shaky head and dragging it on the bottom. Uh-huh. I can think of probably, at least 70 to 80% of the fish I caught when I won those tournaments, I was fishing baits that, that weren't finesse baits. Nice. Yeah. So kind of in the face. And when we had fighter on a few weeks ago, maybe a month ago now, one of his tips was like, he thought having a, a power bait that you could really cover water and like reach out like yeah. something like, like a sexy dog, right? Like, so if you see that right. fish bust in the middle of a pocket, and your mm-hmm. boaters just going down the bank that you could like reach out. Yeah. And, 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 yeah. There's know. been multiple times where stuff like that happens where you just can't get finesse baits to them or, you know, cause fish aren't necessarily, you know, that gun shy just because you're fishing behind somebody. I mean, you think of it as in a team tournament too. I mean, if you guys are on fish and you know, there's another guy fishing behind you, he's not necessarily sitting there throwing a drop shot while the other guy's punching with a jig. You know, right. I mean, you're probably both going to be going punching. So that, that's kind of how I think of it. I just try and the biggest thing is always pay attention to your boat or where he's making his cast. I mean, it sounds obvious, but until you're fishing an eight hour day and you constantly need to be, you know, if he casts it there, like you're probably your odds of catching one there probably aren't very good unless maybe he you saw something that he didn't or. Something or you're like doing that. something so significantly different, right? Like right, he's yeah. power fishing and you're choosing to, you know, yeah. pitch a net or something that's yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, just stuff like that. Right on. Yeah. I think we'll we'll come back to fantasy in a little bit. It's on the list. So we'll yeah. we'll circle back on fantasy fishing uh before the end of the night. Cause I got some things to talk about for fantasy fishing. Um, you got any wild fish stories, whether it was the opens Ooh. or back fishing team stuff with your dad or growing up like what's a crazy fishing story i got mm, let's think i've got some pretty crazy ones i just gotta think of one. Oh, i got a good one from i was 11 years old and me and my dad were fishing a team tournament on our local river mm-hmm. and uh my dad so we were actually sight fishing this it was like a three pounder on the river and we were sight fishing it and my dad, he was flipping. I don't remember exactly what bait he was flipping, but he was flipping to this three-pounder, and there was, like, this limb that was in front of this bed probably by, like, two or three feet. And his bait was, like, dangling on this limb, and he was just kind of yo-yoing it up and down. But it was the bait wasn't actually in the bed. It was in front of the bed where we couldn't see bottom. It was a little bit deeper. Uh-huh. And all of a sudden, like, he dropped down, and his line took off, but the three-pounder was still sitting on the bed. So he's like, you know, I just kind of like looked over at each other, like, uh, what's, what's going on here? So he goes down, sets the hook. It ended up being, uh, it was like a, almost a six and a half pounder. Oh. 
on our local river and it got like caught up in this log like three times that was underneath the boat and i missed it with the net like three times because i was like 11 years old and uh we got it in the boat and it was like the biggest bass any anybody's ever seen on our stretcher river it was kind of crazy <laughs> well you think yeah. it was just a random fish or do you think it was the female holding it was off? the feet i mean looking at it now it was the female yeah. that just never got up there yet and somehow decided decided it was time to eat pretty wild that's pretty yeah cool so you grew up in wisconsin uh middle of wisconsin as we talked about in the middle of the hand and uh what what was your i mean so you said fishing a lot of was it the wisconsin river wisconsin river yeah so it runs i fish a lot of uh northern-ish like probably an hour from here Mm -hmm. up by like the tomahawk area there's a lot of like flowages and reservoirs smallmouth and largemouth and then when I'm not fishing there, I like to fish over in Sturgeon Bay, obviously, a ton. And then when I can get down to the Mississippi, I like to do that, too. And then I'll also fish down, like, just an hour south of here, like Big Green okay. and yeah. Madison Chain area. I mean, we have a lot of options around here for tournaments. There is, Grams, but you found the right one. It's okay. Um, yeah, I've fished the Madison chain once. I've fished Winnebago a handful of times, but I haven't spent a lot of times in, in, the, in that central uh, yeah. Wisconsin area. So you, you did some uh, some team bass tournaments, some walleye tournaments with, with your old man? Uh, no, actually, I haven't. No? We Well, that tournament I speak of that we fished was a three bass, three walleye tournament. And that's sure. actually really the only tournament that we've fished together that has okay. anything to do with walleyes, to be honest. We haven't uh, we haven't really fished any walleye tournaments together that I can speak of. Can't blame you. I always say walleye yeah. are for <laughs> yeah. food and bass are for sport. So, yeah. so if you're watching, that's... Jason, that's that's my take on things. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so for those who don't know, uh, Jay's dad. It's Jason, right? Your dad. Yep. Yeah, he's a professional walleye angler. He fishes the NWT, right? Yep. Yep. And pretty successful, had a pretty good career. So you've kind of got that fishing heritage, but somehow you're, you're, when you fell off the family tree, you kind of sprouted yeah. off to the bass <laughs> angle. So he's so good with cool. it though. So yeah, <laughs> he, he's got some pretty good bass on his Instagram too, along with the walleye. So I mean, yeah, I mean, he likes to go fun fishing for bass more than he likes fun fishing for walleyes. So right. he likes tournament fishing for walleyes though. Gotta gotta figure out where you're where you where you butter your bread. So All right. and th- did you do any high school junior stuff, any college stuff coming up? No college. So my replacement for college was kind of those co-angler tournaments. Sure. That was like my my learning curve, I guess you could say. Just because I went to a tech school and we didn't have a bass team or mm-hmm. any of that. Uh, I actually started up a high school team at our local high school spash in town. And I believe I did that because I, I didn't start it till like late my junior year. So I only fished like a year and a half of high school stuff did well in the high school stuff. And then next thing you know, it was, you know, college and we didn't have anything there. So I jumped onto the, to the opens as a co. So you basically, yeah, I mean, as, as you were going to college, you, you, that's when you get, we're doing the co, uh, in the opens, who were you traveling with back then? Uh, I traveled with 
Adam Nye. He's from Sturgeon Bay area. He's the one that reached out to me because he was going to fish as a boater in 2019. And at that time you needed, uh, you needed the links for those tournaments, you know, right. the, the boater co-angler links. So, you know, it worked out pretty good. We got to stay together and I got to pre-fish those lakes with him for like a close to a week, you know, four or five days. And just learned a lot about those bodies of water at different times of the year. I mean, we take it for granted. The fishing we have here is, it can be uh, pretty good at times, but the farther south you go, the more bass boats you find. And it gets a little bit, a little bit tougher. I'm not going to say it's super tough, but at times it's like, uh, you know, you're out there. It feels more like, more like a job than you're actually trying to catch fish for fun at times, to be honest. That is probably the biggest thing I would say is if you come from the north, when you first go down south, you need to have that mental adjustment to prepare yeah. for a grind. Now they have their windows when it can be uh you know good times of the year, but more often than not, there's some, you know, where we come from up north, you're fishing tournaments, like if you're not culling all day, probably not having a good tournament. Right. That's, yeah, that's, you're probably that's, not that's doing the, so good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good to see you, Pete. It's like up, a brother Pete? from another mother hanging out. Uh, Best last name. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, so what made you decide to make the jump to the boater side after two years as a co and success? Did you feel like it was time or like you just had, you know, the winnings and you thought it made sense? And, and why did you only pick one division? What was kind of the thought press behind that? Um, I just thought it was time. I thought it was time to see if I could do it as a boater. I mean, I had done it as a co for two years. So I thought, obviously, it was it was some of both what you just mentioned, the funding and, you know, just to see if I could compete with with those guys that were on the have been on the boater side for quite some time and doing it and successful at it. So, you know, I thought after that, because I actually won that tournament on Lay Lake at the end of 2020. So it was like one of the last tournaments and it was in December, actually. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of a, a quick turnaround because I believe we had a the next tournament I fished. Yeah, it was pretty quick quick turnaround there a couple months so yeah i just figured it was time to see if i could compete with the with the big guns right so did you have a boat when you were fishing as a co or did you i had so before prior to in 2018 i just had a real small bass boat and i sold that and actually after i won that tournament on grand lake in 2019 i had enough funds to i actually bought a 518 mm-hmm. ranger and that's what i fished out of that year and then this last year is also what i fished out of that boat and yeah that boat's been really good to me and then i've you know obviously won that next tournament and things have gone where they've gone from there and next year i'm going to be jumping into a nitro or this year which i'm super excited about 20 21 uh 21 the pro xl what are you gonna do with all the room going from an 18 to 21 (laughs) yeah i know so just so that so you fished uh the central divisions out of an 18 foot ranger and finished second in the place so there you go it doesn't always have to be 20s and 21s and yeah so 50s and talking about that 
I mean, obviously I was kind of nervous about it because some of those bodies of water are, you know, they're pretty big and Mm -hmm. gas consumption comes into play a lot. And, uh, like some of, some of the places we went to like Smith, that place is giant. Uh, Pickwick's huge. I mean, we took off from the bottom end of the lake, which to the actual, what they call the tail racer, the Pickwick dam is like almost 50 miles or more. Right. And, uh, yeah, gas just came, came into play, but you kind of have to, to play your cards with the boat you have. I mean, I had to consume at times, you know, just back off on the throttle a little bit, give yourself a little room to play. You know, you're going to get passed. You're going to get passed by other boats, but you just can't let that, let that affect you. You just gotta, just gotta have faith in the areas you found and things like that. You can always do it out of a boat. That's, you know, not a 21 footer and has the biggest and the baddest on it. Very cool. I thought I had something I was going to say. Um, so you were just down in Florida. Yeah. But actually, before I get in that, so actually Jay and I have fished a few tournaments recently. Uh, the last two Northern Divisionals, we both fished. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one that Patch Lopper won, you were at. Yep. And then the one that uh, Adam Hammond won across this last year, you were at. We never really like chatted or talked. No. I don't know. We were both kind of like in the zone, focused yeah. on fishing. <laughs> saw each other maybe said like hey or what's up yeah, but never really connected yeah, uh but i do remember seeing you at both you had good tournaments in both of them i think you had top tens in both of them uh, both of them were pretty stacked from the wisconsin side yeah that was crazy <laughs> actually but you did finish second in wisconsin at lacrosse right yep yeah but jim had a great tournament and i think you were yep. like i think you were like seventh or eighth that uh vermilion but like fourth on the team maybe? yeah fourth or third or fourth <laughs> on the team it was like so uh, which was weird because i finished like fourth in the tournament and but like the next closest minnesota guy was like 15th or 20th yeah that's crazy not a great look for minnesota at that regional but um no those are yeah. definitely fun tournaments so what uh mm-hmm. so what you what club do you fish in wisconsin uh right now i'm affiliated with it's called wolf river bass club okay it's a bigger club in Wisconsin just to have somebody affiliated with to fish the state tournaments around here and things like that. It helps to, to know people. And anytime you're affiliated with a club, you can, you know, get to know a bunch of people Mm -hmm. around Wisconsin and jump in a few club tournaments. It's fun. Were those the only two years or did you fish prior in the nation to that? Uh, I fished. That was actually the first year I actually tried to qualify I actually fished a state tournament was the one for Vermillion. Okay. And I qualified. Yeah. This year I unfortunately missed out because I was down South somewhere and I missed out on the state tournament, but Oh, well it worked out. Right. Cool. Yeah. So getting back, so you just got, you were just came back from Florida. I reached out to Jay last week. He's like, yeah, I'm a little busy. I don't know if I really want to take a break from the the sun and fishing in Florida to (laughs) do a podcast live stream but he's back in wisconsin what were you doing were you just breaking in the boat were you practicing what were you what were you doing down there oh uh, no i don't actually have the boat yet that should be here hopefully in the next week or so i'll be going to pick that up and then getting the the boat and the truck wrapped but uh no the last the last week i i just wanted to get down there just because i've never actually been to the saint john's and just to see florida and basically I didn't want to go down there to necessarily catch fish. I wanted to go down there to 
find the areas that I thought were going to be productive. So then when I went there for official practice, because we only get three days in the elite series. Mm-hmm. So like when I go there, I didn't want to have wasted time looking for those areas that look good. I wanted to know where those areas were and I could just run to them and fish them and see if they were productive or not. And uh, yeah, that's basically what I wanted to accomplish down there. And then just get an idea of run times, you know, gas consumption, because that place is massive. And and then escape Wisconsin for a week because right. it was pretty nice down there. So was that right at the end of the cutoff you were down there? Yep. The cutoff okay. was on the 10th for the St. John's. So I was there the week prior, like the 7th, 8th. I spent three days out there. I think it was the 6th, 7th, and 8th. And then I went to the Harris chain for two days after the St. John's, which is like an hour and a half from the St. John's. Uh-huh. And pre-practiced there for two days. And then that night we got in the truck, drove to about two, and then finished it out the next day. Good times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the two-day drives are not going to get... <clears throat> not going to get any easier that's for sure <laughs> do you uh do you have travel plans are you running with people are you camping yeah hotels I'm, uh, I'm actually traveling with another elite series guy his rookie year his name is alex redwine okay yeah he just qualified oh, ohio, he's 22 right? as well yep Iowa, or yeah ohio he's from and uh yeah so i thought it'd be a good idea to reach out to him and see what he thought and he's he was on board with it and we actually stayed together when we were down there too in pre-practice just hanging out <clears throat> getting getting an idea of what the lakes are going to look like and how it's going to set up down there he actually uh was just posting he ran out of grass on the water yeah i know he was, <laughs> me. I, was like... <laughs> I got a kick i told him it was good luck like so the first time i made the nationals uh which was on lake monroe in indiana uh the second day of the tournament i actually ran out of gas twice in the same day of the tournament so like <laughs> pretty good. it was the first time old milwaukee was like the title sponsor of the bass yeah. nation uh and this was like 2013 2014 you were like probably in like eighth grade or something <laughs> um <laughs> and uh enjoyed some of the festivities and like it had a really sweet place in the hotel and it was all resort was right on the water there's a ramp there but it was like 10 miles to get gas Oof. and for whatever reason i thought i had enough or forgot about it and uh was out fishing the second day and i was fishing with the leader from michigan and we both had fish and all of a sudden i'm like driving around i got an older bass cat 05 uh and like this the gauge is a little wonky on it not super accurate like it is in older bass boats all right. and uh all of a sudden like you know kind of bouncing around and all of a sudden like we're driving for a while and i was like i haven't seen that thing move in a while i was like Ooh, that ain't good. we should probably maybe just stop and put a few bucks in so we like go in you have to go into this little no wake zone uh to get gas and as like as i'm like maybe like 20 yards away the engine kills and i literally just crash into the dock with the nose of my boat because i can't put it in reverse so i put like 15 bucks in or 10 bucks or 20 or whatever but yeah it was like a dollar less than i should have put in because as we fished the rest of the day and then i was running back in and i got about a half mile from the ramp and we both had fish in the live well like whoa and like but luckily it was like right as we were coming in and uh i had like decided i was like it started to see the thing where it wasn't moving again so i was like we skipped the last spot and i just started to run in and then i was like uh, put clips on your fish and i jumped up and like started <laughs> waving somebody came and 
grabbed as we got in and I just, you know, put my talons down and yeah, made a that. note on a jerky bag so that people know we didn't fall in and like got yeah. our fish away and then got the boat and then I made nationals. And then uh, your first year at Vermilion, I went out because there was no off limits, uh, you know, mm-hmm. back when Pat Popper would practice for four weeks before a, a regional tournament. Um, <laughs> I went there Friday night and dropped the boat in in Pike Bay, and I literally made it like a half a mile from the ramp and ran out of gas. I didn't realize I had like literally showed up at the lake with no gas. And then obviously I made it to the Nationals that time as well. Yeah. So expect big things from from red wine now that you ran out of gas and the practice or pre-practice but um yeah you never know <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if it works intentionally though so um yeah that was i think that was his first time ever running out so yeah and then he ran out of he got then he trolling motor and then got within like 100 yards of the <laughs> and his trolling motor died <laughs> um I don't know why I had all his graphs on though. Like if I know that I'm yeah. like, like turn some of your graphs off when you put right. the tone motor, then you can still, he uh, probably could have jumped it if he would have had yeah. like a kids, these things you learn when you, when you grow up. Yeah. Um, cool. So have, have you been to Florida before this pre-practice trip? Yeah, I've been there. We fished a, open there i fish as a co on kissimmee Mm -hmm. which was you know i learned it was it was they were kind of like pre-spawn spawn spawn and post-spawn it was like the end of january and there was a pretty big wave that came up like a couple weeks prior and Mm -hmm. uh yeah i mean i feel like it it could fish similar to like some of the lakes we have like just north of here just a lot of basically i mean we don't have the hydrilla that that they have on some right. of those lakes with the exception of the saint john's they don't have any grass there anymore but uh like the harris chain there's a lot of hydrilla a lot of eel grass stuff like that um a lot of offshore fishing there's there's a lot of things to offer on that chain i think a lot of the lakes set up you can basically fish any of the lakes but you know the way you like to fish you can find somewhere that you can do that whether you have to run an hour go through some sauna wake stuff like that but yeah there's definitely a lot of options there i could see and we're going to be there at a fantastic time i think it's middle of february and it's during the full moon like it the first day of the tournament if i'm not for certain is like the first day of the full moon which is going to be who knows it could be kind of crazy but <laughs> so so fancy fishing wise if you guys see a warming trend going into the Harris chain bump those tiebreaker weights up cuz it could be yeah. a <laughs> yeah i'd say nice. yeah st johns i don't know cuz if it's looking at the weather right now i'm not sure hopefully it changes as of right now it's looking pretty chilly there for the next couple weeks mm-hmm. but hopefully once we get there we see a little break in the weather otherwise it's going to be a, a tough tournament which yeah, it'd be interesting to see because it seems like the they haven't hit it pre-spawn. Yeah, right? like it's always been a bit of a warming trend. Uh, yeah, in all it's the usually tournaments. so it, it could. It, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see the St. John's in a true pre-spawn as well. Yeah, yeah, it could be. Yeah, I mean it's Florida. I mean you don't know what's gonna happen there. Those fish don't know when to spawn, or they spawn for three, four months. Here they spawn right. for three weeks. 
Yeah, typically you have those banner events, though. It's like they get that cool stretch, and it just kind of stacks up yeah. for a big wave. Yeah, and then all of a sudden it gets warm. And right. then, if they have that kind of warm spring that never has that cold to push them back, then you just have that kind of yeah, trickle in here and there. Pretty cool. Let's, let's, let's jump back to a few questions we had. Uh, you mentioned jigs. You got any advice for uh, uh, budding jig stars? Um, I would have to say go with – personally, I use striking jigs. Uh, the Denny Brower jig is a great choice. You can swim that jig. You can flip that jig. It has a great hookup ratio. Uh, now, if you're fishing it, it depends on where you're fishing it. I mean, if you're fishing in, like, heavier grass or – you're like punching more like milfoil and over, over in Minnesota. I know you guys do that quite a bit. Uh, like bump it up to like a three quarter ounce, half three quarter ounce where I like to fish. I just throw a, a three ace ounce with just a menace trailer on it, a striking menace and anything natural green pumpkin, blue craw. Occasionally I'll go to black and blue if I feel the need. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't really go, too far outside the box on jigs with colors i mean i use two colors i use black and blue and i use that green pumpkin right there this is actually green pumpkin blue oh yeah that does have a little flake in in mine yeah yeah a little flake never hurts and uh got the bait cam oh there you go look at that you know we had to break out the bait cam yeah Yeah. (laughs) people that watch a lot of my videos are no stranger to the mana scrub that's a that's a staple for me yeah that's a really good bait you can use that bait on just about anything chatterbait swim jig jig buzz bait anything you can swim or reel or flip punch that's an awesome all-around bait have you played with the magnum or the baby menace scrubs at all uh a little bit i played with the baby ones a little bit i like those for like bed fishing actually Mm-hmm. you can put like a little bit smaller hook on they get a little bit easier um you can also use that you can use that on like smaller swim jigs i use like sometimes i'll go really small on a swim jig if the bait's small right or then I'll, the magnum i've i played around with like punching and stuff is when that comes into play nice so most guys up north favor the smallmouth. do you favor them as well mm, yeah I'd yeah. have to say so. In a I, tournament, in a tournament, which ones do you like to to lean or rely on more? Smallmouth. Okay. Personally, I just feel like even though if I'm in an area where there's smallmouth, whether they're there or they're going to be somewhere in that general, you know, 300 yard zone, they're once you find them, they're just. I feel like they're just easier to catch and target, and they just bite better than largemouth even if you don't have conditions that are perfect for it. I think smallmouth is the way to go up by me. Anyways, it could be different for other people. Any techniques you think you need to work on? Um, the only thing I would say on that would be any techniques I'd need to work on for the elites around me. We don't do any, uh, per se ledge fishing they call it mm-hmm. they call it ledge fishing it's really not 
as elaborate as it sounds. I mean, sometimes it could just be a three foot drop on a six foot flat, or it could be, you know, going down. It's really, they make it sound like it's much more than it really is, but um, yeah, maybe like I could get a little more knowledge with like deep cranking or like throwing a Mm -hmm. deep football jig, stuff like that. You know, I don't do that every day around Wisconsin and we haven't had really the tournaments that set up to do it down South. So I think doing things like that, but also staying in my comfort zone, you know, fishing, how I like to fish in Wisconsin. I I like to fish basically where I know I'm going to get bit. Like Mm -hmm. if I know I like to be fishing targets, right. I feel like I'm going to get a bite at any cast. Like if you just put me out in like a giant hydrilla grass field, I just feel like it's kind of more like a pressing cast and prey kind of situation. I like to be more like in tune with what I'm fishing and, you know, hard targets, things like that. Right. So that being, that being said, did you fish offshore or shallow at Vermilion? I fished, I did some of both actually. Okay. I fished, I fished quite a bit shallow. I didn't fish much offshore. I mean, I dabble with it a couple of days. I think I caught maybe four or five doing it, maybe two that I weighed in, but right. most of them were shallow. It's a fun fishery. Yeah, that was a very fun Especially lake. for guys like you and I that like target fishing. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just a reminder, hit that thumbs up uh, if you guys can share it out. Uh, Covering lots of good stuff. Try to get as many eyeballs on Jay tonight on the stream. If you guys could hit that, just as a reminder. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's not so much. The, I've upgraded the internet a while ago, but I hardwired it in, not relying on the Wi-Fi. It seems like that is making a difference. So glad you guys noticed it. Um, so what do you, I mean, have you fished the Wolf Fox River? Yes. I have. You think fished. it's a good fishery? What are your thoughts? I do. I think there's a lot more big, big bass, big fish, big bass in that place than most people think there are. I fish the uh, Wolf River a lot in the fall. They tend to, they run out of the tributaries in the fall up there. So they'll kind of feed into the main river and then they'll slowly work their way down. Some, most of them, some of them will stay there too. And, uh, but yeah, the amount of, the amount of average size, nice small mouth up there and large mouth is actually pretty surprising in the wolf and the Fox river area. Yeah. I actually think it's like the whole system, the whole Bago Winnicani. Yeah. It's, it's a fascinating tournament fishery, to be honest. Like it's, very... it's not always the easiest, but it is a really no. interesting, unique, challenging. It's a fun. I mean, if you like solving the puzzle, it's a fun place to right. fish, I think. Yeah. A lot of options there. Nice. Very cool. Um, so what's the, what are you running for? I don't know. The, are you Strike King wrap or what, what kind of, what kind of. Uh, my title sponsor is going to be Whitewater Clothing. Actually, it's a new company that's coming out. Uh, just should be like in the next couple months, start seeing some products, things like that. And uh, yeah, but it's actually a brand new company. It's going to be all fishing gear, rain gear, performance gear, you know, pants, gloves, all that, all that kind of stuff. So yeah, that's going to be my title sponsor for 2022 and hopefully beyond. And uh, I'll be running a nitro mercury 
And then I have Stray King Luza on board, and I'll be running all Minkota Hummingbird products for the 2022 season. So that'll be super exciting. Have you got a chance to use the the, the Hummingbird Live yet? The Mega I have. Live? I have. We used the me and my dad fished a bass tournament on St. Clair. It was the it was one of their U.S. Open tournaments yep. in I think it was I believe it was in August. And every fish we caught off off the Mega Live in that tournament, we had twenty three and a half pounds in that tournament. I think we ended up fifth. It was pretty crazy. The thing's pretty solid, that's for sure. Right on. Yeah. So you got you actually fished that, so you qualified for the. The big, the finale. Yeah, the, the million it, uh, dollar. Table Rock or Lake of the Ozone. I forget where Table it was. Rock, yeah. Table Rock. And uh, that was quite the tournament. We went down there and uh, that was actually just a couple months ago, like yep. middle of October, later Oct- or November, excuse me. And uh, yeah, that was insane. The fish there were, I've never caught a fish that deep in my entire life. I mean, they were, I caught a fish in like 85 feet of water. It was insane. So how what did you think of the like the whole US Open the like how many boats were in the finale? There was well it started off at 350 which was oh that was nuts and then the next day they cut it down to I believe 200 the next day something like yeah I think it was 200 and then the last day the final day they cut it down to the top 50 and going into the last day we were in 10th and uh we finished so then they once they cut it down to the last day with the top 50. They zeroed everybody's weights. So it was all an even playing so You were field. basically in a one in 50 derby for a million bucks with, your, million with bucks. your old man. Yeah. Not- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. We ended up, and then we went out that day and we ended up catching, I believe it was 14 pounds or just under that. And mm-hmm. we ended up 13th in that tournament, 12th or 13th, I believe. What did, what did that pay? Pretty decent? Yeah, it was good. We had, I think, it was like thirteen grand. So yeah, between yeah, it was a solid payday. And you had what? Uh, what for an entry fee tournament? It was. <laughs> yeah, and, it, it and your, your entry fee at Saint Clair was what a grand or five hundred uh, or seven. I think, I think it was three grand for a boat. Three grand a boat, or maybe yeah. it was fifteen hundred. I can't remember something like that. But you more than made that back at St. Clair, finishing yeah. in the top five, got entry fee into a million dollar tournament, and walked away with another thirteen yeah. grand. So, Very yeah, cool. it was a good deal. Unfortunately, I can't fish that series anymore, though they don't let elite or any of the pro circuit anglers fish that. So, so is your dad looking for a partner? Possibly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't count that he's won like however many hundreds of thousands yeah, of dollars it's all fishing walleye. Yeah. Count, so yeah. maybe I should like ask Mark Quartz if he wants to fish or something like that. <laughs> yeah, he should. <laughs> or maybe uh, uh what's the other what's uh who's the young guy out of Wisconsin? Used to used to run the Kruger Farms rap. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Oh yeah. Kinky. Dusty? No. No, not no Dusty. I knew, but I was saying there's a guy from Wisconsin that I felt like oh, younger Corey oh. Springle. Oh yeah, Corey. Yeah, he runs with my dad and all those guys. Yeah. Um. So where's Whitewater out of? Uh, Whitewater, I believe right now. Well, Aaron Amber is based out of. Well, he's the one that owns. So Whitewater is basically based off of 
if you guys ever heard of like scent block or scent blocker ozone those companies it's Mm -hmm. basically a branch off of those companies so it's an established hunting clothing apparel yes coming out with their fresh coming out with their fishing line of gear is what he's basing it off of nice so yeah so that's going to be right up there with hook and blackfish right that's it's basically going to be another version of those companies right on Any, are you going to fish the uh, Sturgeon Bay Open, or are you going to be able to sneak any any uh, other tournaments in, or are you just going to focus on the elite? Yeah, side? I'm going to try and fish. Right now, I'm signed up for a team circuit that me and my buddy fish at home, Dylan Minch, and he's my team partner at home. And uh, I'm going to try and get you know get to him you know when I can, or at least when I'm around, not busy, or pre practicing and whatnot. I'm going to try and do three or four of those. Uh, the Surgeon Bay Open, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to get to because we're going to be down on Lake Fork, which is a huge disappointment. But I guess it's either, you know, Lake Fork, Big Largemouth, Surgeon Bay in May. Yeah, I don't know. That'd be a tough decision. If, if you can put one of your jigs into a 10-pounder at Lake Fork, you won't even remember. Surgeon yeah, Bay. that's a good <laughs> point. <laughs> Nice. Although I did catch one on Sturgeon Bay this spring, that was pretty remarkable. I caught one that was almost seven, and it was that was pretty crazy stuff. Nice, yeah. I was I was all excited. I'd never been to Sturgeon Bay, and I was going to fish the TBF semis mm-hmm. in late September, which is not a good time to be there. It was a terribly tough tournament uh, for them. But when I I got into lacrosse last minute, that was the alternate until like two days before the tournament. And no. then uh, once I had made nationals and I no longer had vacation time to go over to Sturgeon Bay. So I still haven't been there yet. I mean, it's good. I'd go there definitely. Spring. Yeah. Or go late, later, late fall. But. Late May or early June. And then, I mean, it can be good all year too. Just depends on where you go, I think. It's getting a lot more pressure though the last couple of years, that's for sure. They're not as dumb as they used to be, just like Mille Lacs. No. It's, not, it's not easy. Yeah, anymore. I can imagine. Let's see here. How far are you from Vermilion? Oh, Vermilion's like it's over three hours from where I am. It's no, probably wow. three and a half, maybe four. It's not. Yeah, it's not too close. Any advice on how long or when do you know it's time to go from co to a boater side? Um, I would say either if you're having success on the co-angler side or if you have the funding to do the boater side and you, you feel like you've had ample amount of time and experience on the co-angler side and you've had, you know, good draws, you've had good bits of information, you fished, you know, not even not even if you've really had success on the co-angler side. If you've fished, you know, lots of different scenarios at different times of the year on different bodies of water, you know, say for two, maybe three years, and you think, you know, you have a good handle, you know, you look at a, a schedule the next year, and you think, you know, maybe you've been to two or three of those bodies of water at similar times of the year, and, you know, you think you can make that jump, then that'd be the time to do it, especially if you have the financial funds to do it. Yeah. That's my best, best answer to that question. Daniel wants to know who's fishing with 
with no. uh, your dad at the uh, Danny Woodkey. <laughs> Two walleye pros going at it. Nice. Uh, Greg wants to know what's your go-to sight fishing shades. Oh, so I actually just fished, or excuse me. Well, yeah, I just fished in Florida with my new sunglasses, and uh, I recently just paired up with waterland sunglasses it's a new company uh they're actually based out of texas they're kind of combined with like six cents in that Mm -hmm. brand but uh yeah waterland sunglasses is my new sponsor for 2022 and i was looking at some some old beds down in florida and they're pretty solid i'll have to say are you like a more of a green mirror blue mirror do you like uh, i'm a green mirror guy yeah amber any kind of amber lens is my go-to is there anything that surprised you when you dug into the elite rules? Hopefully you've read them by um, now. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest thing that surprised me was the no info rule. As soon as we found out we were qualified mm-hmm. for the elites, we didn't even sign anything or do we didn't even agree to fish the elites or nothing. As soon as you found out you were qualified, you could get zero info from I couldn't even talk to my dad about, you know, maybe whatever, just about anything. I couldn't mm-hmm. talk to my dad. I couldn't talk to anybody like even if somebody were to come up to you at the ramp and i'm sure this happens all the time you know hey man you know i caught i caught a bunch of fish over here you, you just have to be like hey you really man, should be throwing you... this gator tail <laughs> june bug worm when you're down here hey man you know i'm sorry i can't i can't get any information off of you but thanks i mean even happens like i mean right like you fish lacrosse like where the, oh, yeah. i mean there's it happens all the time people are like yep. trying to come up and talk to you and yeah uh, Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire. By famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix probably the biggest yeah surprise in the rules you ever uh play with glide baits or swim baits mm, not much yeah probably i don't appear probably best to stay away it's not good for your hookup. yeah right <laughs> it's not good for your hookup ratio up here uh you got a favorite bladed jig yeah i throw the thunder cricket i don't know if i ever caught a bass on a thunder cricket really i like it the thunder cricket now I'd say everyone has a time in its place, but the Thunder Cricket, I would say, is more subtle than the rest. It has, it's more of a finesse chatterbait, in my opinion. It just has a little bit, little bit smaller thump than like a jackhammer does. Sure. I think that helps. Yeah, I just, I, I bought a bunch of them when I went down and fished one of those regionals in uh, mm-hmm. uh, Gunnersville when they were the yeah. big mega regionals. And I was all excited, thinking like, "Oh, everybody throws a jackhammer!" And like for whatever reason, I didn't get any bites that week. And now it's just in my head that like, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there's it probably happens lots of baits they, to lots of people, right? Where you get all excited feel, and you're like, they don't work like the first week, and then you just like they just count them, throw like, it out. Yeah, I feel like the chatterbait. I don't know. It, it was on a really big upward swing, and then I feel like at some point the fish just got to start getting sick of it, right? Or no? I mean, they maybe not. <laughs> Could just be pure reaction. To some degree, it's definitely yeah. faded, but I don't think it's going away. No, I don't um, think so either. 
Is there any existing elite anglers you've kind of talked to or got any advice? Or... Um, I talked to Pat Schlopper Sorry to hear quite that. a bit just because he had that year <laughs> last year and we've talked prior to that and he's going to be camping this year. And we talked about lodging, but he bought a camper and whatnot. And I was, I didn't have the funding to do that or anything. So who else have I talked? I talked to Caleb a little bit too. He reached out mm -hmm. and yeah, that's pretty much about it. So is, are you an Alex guys that I camping, sleeping in your trucks, renting houses, motel, uh, no, hotel? No, like no. what's the plan? Yeah. Hotels and like little cabins anywhere we can find. We actually have the whole season booked and ready to go. So that's, that's pretty good. Favorite spinner baits. Favorite spinner baits. The new Strike King tour grade spinner bait that just came out is pretty solid. And they came out with a bunch of new blade configurations too. Like they have this, it's that one that's mixed with the Colorado and the Willow. Yeah. That one's that one's gonna be pretty good. It's kind of like a compact finesse one too, which will be really good for up here. Yeah, like that compact finesse bass man has been a really good yeah. spinnerbait. I'm not a big spinnerbait guy, but that, Neither am I, yeah, that but... style of spinnerbait. And then also like the uh, War Eagle compact, I've done well on that one as well. Mm -hmm. Old school OG baits. You're probably not old enough to have any old school <laughs> yeah, OG baits. Right. <laughs> You're like 12 years old. Uh, let me think. Yeah, not really, to be honest. So I was digging around doing some organization in the in the uh, basement studio here, and I came across these little gems. Um, Berkeley used to make these like spider grubs. Oh yeah, so they're Berkeley power bait spider grubs, and kind of this plum hmm. blue fleck color. That's kind of it's not, it doesn't have a lot of fleck in it. There's some more that have maybe it's a mix of plum and blue fleck in here in this bag, but I don't oh, know. Yeah, that's cool. these are, they're kind of like a chompers, but they're power bait. Right, yeah. There's been so many like decent plastics that Berkeley has had out that they've discontinued. Shapes. I know, right? <laughs> like, it's weird. So if anybody has a like fascination with the old spider grub uh, power bait, I got a bunch of my found. Just let me know, and I'll probably make you. Yeah, I got them in some like some other colors. Like a pumpkin? I don't know. I got so much stuff. Look at this. There you go. The old 7-inch oh, pumpkin old... seed power worm. That's a fish catcher. Still stinks. Like rotten power bait all these years. It's probably like these these worms are probably older than Jay is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. While fishing in permanent, can you listen? I think you can listen. I mean, there's no rules yeah. against listening to music. Do you listen to music? Sure. You headphones uh, not in, in the tournament, no. no. I feel like I'd be too caught up in like, oh, uh, yeah, pre-fishing sometimes if I'm just idling around. But like, I just get too caught up in like wanting to change a song because a crappy song comes on or something. And yeah. I just feel like it distracts me sometimes. Sometimes I'll finish a podcast or something on my phone that I started maybe in the truck, but then I don't typically start a new one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, got to keep it spicy, you know? I mean, everybody's streaming, everybody's doing videos. Got to get some extra camera angles, got to wire it in, get the lighting better. Uh, if you love those, Lee, and you need them in your life, let me know. I'm going to get rid of a bunch of this stuff. 
old sensations. I'm not sure what old sensations are. I mean, at my age, all my sensations are old. Um, but um, but if there's th- <laughs> things people are looking for, I'm going to like clean the basement and get rid of a bunch of stuff. It's just under like people want it, otherwise it's going to get uh, donated to junior and high school clubs. People like the quality of the camera. It's all nice. for you guys. Um, what else did I have? We should maybe talk about fantasy fishing a little bit. So let's let's tie this in to uh, to Jay here. Which of the elite stops you they have on the schedule? Which ones have you fished before? And like, other than just your little dip down to Florida, but yeah, so I fished anywhere else. I fished Pickwick. Okay. I've also that's fished... actually not. Similar time of year, right? Like not way different. Yeah, it'll be. I mean, it's ballpark. Month off. Yeah. Yeah. Ballpark. Yeah. Um. Across, obviously. Which is almost dead smack. One year before you're going to be there this year, same time of year. Yeah, literally, pretty much the same. Feel free yeah, to go back other... and watch my videos if you want to get any tips, Jay. That's legal. I will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it's the same, right? I'm sure I'll see just like a little, like a few hundred extra views, like yeah. <laughs> up to the, the lacrosse tournament. Yeah, I don't know. That tournament will be interesting. It's going to be a grind. Like it's not like we talked about this with Seth too, right? Like you think back to whatever five years ago or whatever last time the elites were there when Seth took second and uh, I forget, yeah. uh, Ot one, I think, right? Maybe mm-hmm. they got to four one one and. Yep. But anyways, but like back then, like 12 pounds was like super average, like just to get paid, you needed 12 pounds. Now, 13, four pounds, 13 to 14 pounds, they might win it. Whereas back then you need to be cracking like 16 to 18 pound days. And I don't think that's going to be the case. I could be wrong. Might catch it at the right, but I could be a bit of a grind. If it was similar to was this year, low and just no flow and just everything just stayed the the same for so long. Top end weights look kind of good, right? 15 pounds a day, yeah, but right. it was hard and to after get that, there, it was... and it dropped off pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, even you in the top 10, you didn't have a limit. I finished second. I didn't have yeah. a limit one day, right? Like, <laughs> most of the Terrible. top 10 didn't have three limits. Um, so, speaking yeah, of fancy fishing, let's just talk about that for just a minute. Um, so, the Beat Hellabass group is open. So to find it, you go to groups. You're going to go to actually join or create group. And you scroll down. We're on the first page now, so you don't have to worry about searching. Click beat, hell of ass. There will be a password. The password is visor to join. So this is a private group. There will be prizes. I'm pretty sure they're going to be Omnia gift cards and cool stuff like that. So... Uh, if you guys haven't joined yet, Password Visor, it's just going to be for the people that watch the videos, the people that are in the know. Uh, so there'll be people competing for all the prizes overall, but this will be a much smaller pool of people, maybe a couple hundred, couple thousand, uh, and uh, fishing for or fantasy fishing games for prizes. So uh, we'll have winners every event. Uh, we'll be doing videos every week leading up to it, breaking them down. Um, we got some inside info that uh, where where Jay's got some experience, you know, probably lacrosse, 
might be something if it might be a good value sneaky pick come there depends how much if he crushes them all year long he may not be a value pick so hopefully for jay's sake he's not a value pick by that point um but where else are you excited to fish uh, uh wahi and st lawrence have you did you go out and sneak out to a wahi or not i have never actually been there but i just feel like it would fit some of the ways i like to fish around here and mm-hmm just structure. I just like to fish for smallmouth in general. And then the St. Lawrence for sure. I just feel like I love fishing clear water and sight fishing smallmouth and getting able to look at them. Sure. Yeah, I'm interested to see if that type of uh, smallmouth plays that time of year like yeah, they we'll do in other happens. places. Um, the place is massive. I've been there once for a TBF regional. It's It's, it's like... You definitely feel like you go to that part of South Dakota, you feel like you're in like <laughs> Wyoming. It look you know yeah, what I mean? It's just, like what you think Wyoming looks like out there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean if I had to say Yeah, Ethan, you're funny. <laughs> Soon, hopefully. I'm getting a like a YOLO tech kind of camera for the back of the boat where I can just plug it into the light post. Okay. And I'm which, which is required to be yes. on the Elite Series. Yep. Which hopefully I'm going to get some cool footage for Bass and for my YouTube channel. There you go. You just need to find somebody that's going to edit it for you. Yeah. That's a good point. The filming part is super easy. I promise. Yeah, oh yeah, I, editing. I've dabbled good. with the editing part a couple of times and takes some time. That's for sure. Uh, David, if you need some stuff, uh, hit me up on Instagram or Facebook, and we could probably work something. We can probably load up a flat rate shipping box and, and get you a bunch of stuff. Um, if you any thoughts of leaving Wisconsin? No, to, I don't no? think okay. I don't think I'll ever leave. To be honest with you. I like the four seasons and I like being away from the whole high strung bass fishing scene. Like it seems like you get South of, you know, Illinois, you start getting down into that Kentucky Lake region into that area. It just feels like it becomes so congested with bass fishermen. Like there's no, there's no other, I mean, other than crappie fishermen and stuff like that. Like there's nothing else that people target down there and there's just so many tournaments. I feel like up here you can kind of get away from that and you can just mm-hmm. go fun fishing. And so I feel like, you know, down there would be great. You know, it's great for fishing, you know, big tournaments and things like that. But like just to get away from there and have the four seasons, things like that. I kind of enjoy yeah, Maybe when you're old like me, you'll start to think different. I'm starting to get tired of it. <laughs> possible yeah (laughs) (laughs) sean you were the first one in the group we will acknowledge that um explain what again fancy fishing yeah so go to bassmaster.com click the fancy fishing tab and uh find beat hellabass and then you can uh where did i say the password is visor i think some people ask that but we'll have some videos on that for sure um, coming. You have plenty of time. You got till early February to get signed up. Um, so Instagram, 
Jay's all over Instagram, right? Yeah, Instagram is uh, just the letter J and then my last name, and then Facebook just my full name. Thanks, you have a Ethan. Facebook page or just your personal page? Just my personal page right now. I'm working on getting that transferred over. Nice. Yeah, probably. I don't know, Tennessee, if we go south, the wife and I have talked about maybe more like North Carolina. It's kind of what we're thinking. So you, I think you touched on this. You said Oahe and the St. Lawrence, right? Weird. Oahe, St. Lawrence, and the Cross. The last three. If I had to, if I had to pick one, I'd say mm, probably St. Lawrence. Good choice. I mean, Jason Christie is starting a YouTube table or channel. Yeah, I know. Seems like everybody's doing it. So as soon as you win like five elite series tournaments and then you'll be able to hire an editor. So it'll be easy. Yeah. I feel, yeah, I feel like that's the hardest part is having somebody to, I mean, obviously you can do it yourself. It's just very, you have to be very dedicated. Like you have to be wanting to have that content. Like, you can't miss it. You can't like slack on it, especially when you're fishing a tournament. I feel like it's very hard. Preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I believe it. <laughs> um... I should think of anything. Uh, I guess a good time to open it up. If anybody's got any uh, questions in the chat, let's fire through them. We were just over an hour. Uh, I don't have a long itinerary of things to cover this week. So this is a great time to catch up any questions. If I miss anybody's question, repost them in the chat. Um, so you're uh, all in on the elites. You're going to maybe fish a few derbies around home for fun. Um, are you planning to drive back and forth a lot? between tournaments yeah. or are you just going to hang okay so you're going to come home or you yeah gonna... so the kind of the way it works is we have uh the first two tournaments in florida so they're back to back so i don't have to drive back and forth there knock out the first two and then i'm planning on going to the classic at the beginning of march and i'm going to bring the boat with and then right after the classic fortunately enough the santee cooper event is in south carolina as well mm-hmm. so i'm going to fish that tournament come home and then we have a little bit shorter drive down to Chickamauga for the next one. And then back home and then down to Texas at Lake Fork, back home, and then down to Pickwick in June. And then after that that early June tournament at Pickwick, we don't have one till mid-July, and that's on the St. Lawrence. So that's kind of all more, you know, I only have two to travel to after June, the St. Lawrence and Oahe. Mm-hmm. So, and that's just kind of opposite ends of, central wisconsin which isn't too bad and uh yeah then we finish up at lacrosse and i don't hardly have to go anywhere there are you planning to sneak in any pre-practice on any of these events or are you going to just mainly rely on those three days or uh santi cooper i won't get any any pre-practice on just because of the way the schedule's working uh the chick and i'll probably get a little bit of pre-practice in on the chick maybe on the way to santi depending on how that works. Cause we have a 28 day mm-hmm. cutoff rule for pre-practice and fork. I won't get to unfortunately, cause that's just kind of out of the way. Fortunately, that's a little bit smaller lake at least. So it's not a giant place. 
I mean, Fourth and uh, Santee are super easy to run. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I'll probably hit something and destroy <laughs> my boat. <laughs> they got good service crews on the elites. Don't worry about it. <laughs> that's true. And then, uh, yeah, that's the only thing I'm a little bit concerned about. Well, yeah, I guess a little stump. Never hurt anybody, right? And then, so yeah, after Fork, come home. Or yeah, come home, Pickwick. I probably won't pre-practice there just because I was there already. And it's going right. to be too early to pre-practice none of the things i'll find then will be the same you already know where the boat ramps are you're good yeah that's the biggest thing honestly just no one would put in no wasted time and then uh i'm gonna pre-fish for lacrosse the st lawrence and oahe quite a bit though pre-practice just because they're closer and i'll have some free time in june and that for doing mm-hmm. that stuff yeah jade's gonna be running lose i believe yep. for that I could, but I don't think Jay can afford me yet. Um, <laughs> Not yet. Uh, what's what's what, what's some sneaky striking stuff up north that people need to know about? Besides um, the menace scrub. <laughs> yeah, the menace scrub is a staple. I would have to say some of their God, all, all the striking stuff is so obvious. It's, they have a lot of good stuff that's always used. I guess sneaky striking stuff I'd would say, be. Uh, Game hogs be one, I would say. Yeah, game hogs are good. I use a lot of, uh, like, anytime I'm around some of their, like, net ochos, sometimes I feel like sometimes bass, I don't know if they're getting used to the whole, like, Z-Man Elastec deal, but, like, sometimes when you just put on just, like, a regular plastic, like the net ocho that they have, and, like, some of the, like, smaller craws that they have, Sometimes that can make a difference to me. I mean, that could be like a little bit sneaky thing that they have. But actually something like lays on the bottom versus something. Yeah, that's something like... that's like that lays dead. It doesn't like actually stand up. Okay. And uh, I really like their top waters. A lot of their top waters are, they don't get talked about a ton, but a lot of their top waters are pretty good, especially the Sexy Dog Junior compared to the Senior. It just walks so good and it's really good on the rivers by me too. What's your strategy for staying focused in a in a tough tournament? Mm. I would have to say just going with going with the knowledge that I had from practice is probably my biggest strategy to stay in focus. Like some of the tournaments down south, like even if you're getting bites in an area, this is the biggest thing I try and tell people. Like even if you're getting bites in a small area and they're just like twelve to 13 inches or 14 inches that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad area mm-hmm. like because there's bass in that area like there's going to be all sizes of bass in that area it's i think it's one of the things that people kind of get i don't know they kind of lose hope on or you know even though they they're just catching small fish like when you go down south like sometimes the fish are concentrated in like very small areas and if you're catching a species of bass in that area that's not a bad thing like you just need to slow down and like focus in on like and fish what's in front of you because there's been plenty of times like for example in the Grand Lake tournament I fished at the end of the year when I qualified I uh I mean I didn't have nothing I had I think at 9:30 I had one three pounder and then it was next thing I knew it was 11:30 and then it was noon and I still had one fish and you know elite series bursts on the line and like just those those moments where 
I looked back and I was like, okay, I just need to, I need to keep my line wet basically was what I kept telling myself because as soon as you start running around on a big lake and you have limited time, you know, I had to be in at two 30, you, you're going to waste next thing you know, you waste 45 minutes, you waste an hour where you could have been fishing. And, you know, little did I know it, 45 minutes later, I landed two that were close to three and a half. And then I ran close to the, to the launch and I just kept my bait wet for as long as I could. I had like an hour and a half left to fish and I was fortunate enough to catch two more close to three pounds and finished out my limit. And yeah, I'd say the strategy for staying focused is to just, even if you're not catching fish or they're just small, just keep your line wet and keep, keep fishing what you think looks good in front of you. Cool. Yeah. Well, and we talked about earlier, he's going to run with elite rookie Alex Redwine from Ohio. So a couple of young kids taking on the, taking on the tour. Um, what are your thoughts on sunglass lenses? Uh, I'm an Amber guy. Right. Just because I feel that now I've used the other lenses as well and they're good in certain situations. I just feel like Amber's the best all around lens. Mm-hmm. If it's cloudy, if it's a little bit sunny, if it's fully sunny, anytime you can put the sun at your back and you have Amber lenses on, I feel like is your best odds for seeing, for seeing, you know, if you're sight fishing or whatever, for seeing the best light spots and things like that. I That's just what I, my go-to lens. I guess yeah. it's more of just the confidence in person. And, and most green mirror lenses yeah. are over their, their green mirror over Amber yep typically so that's the really popular combo you see for freshwater uh you see a lot of blue mirror for ocean which is over typically gray lenses i think mm-hmm. and it's just because you're dealing with such more intense sun typically yeah. on the ocean um but for freshwater most people say the green tint over the the amber lens and then like i personally run two sets i have just a straight amber right with no mirror that i'll run early mornings cloudy days and then the green mirror, uh, when it gets a little brighter, I do want to get some of the bright yellows to play around with for like really early yeah. mornings and really low light. But those I would be would nice at times, right. yeah. Yeah. Stevens points, right? Yep. Right in the middle. All right. In Wisconsin, do you find smallmouth in the grass a lot? If so, where do you, how do you locate him in the grass? maybe yeah um i do find smallmouth in the grass actually not not as much around like natural lakes more around the rivers and the flowages we have Mm -hmm. uh some of the flowages we have grass is actually a huge deal for smallmouth because they they don't have on some of those reservoirs they don't really have the current option and like the whole hard bottom rock option to sit on like a lot of times in the lakes, all they have to sit on and like where the best forage base is, is actually in the grass and then around like some of the shorter milfoil, there's a little bit of eel grass mixed in and some strands of, I don't know exactly what they call it. It's like pepper grass kind of, but uh, yeah, I mean, finding smallmouth in the grass, they don't tend to like sit inside the grass. They like lines, they like hard bottom close to the holes, edge. Bare spots. In yeah. The anytime there's holes in it or you know some kind of stump like they like yeah they clumpy. like wood things like that sand yeah. there doesn't necessarily have to be rock around yep i agree uh ray who is the bass nation 
co-angler champion from the Watchtower River. Uh, I think he's fishing some of the Bassmaster Opens as a co, so he's looking for a pro tip oh, for the Kissimmee. Kissimmee, yeah. Kissimmee what was the best thing I learned? Uh, probably it's a big it's a big body of water. There's a lot of a lot of lakes to run through. I actually fish. I fished Toho the first day, which is kind of it sets up a lot different than the lakes to the south. Toho's a lot clearer, a lot deeper, deeper vegetation, hydrilla, things like that. Um, uh, most important thing I learned would probably be how fast those fish pull up when it's nice outside this time of the year. That was probably the biggest thing I took from that. Like we fished on Toho the first day and I mean, there was fish coming up like with, thin 20 minute periods like coming up to spawn like you could see seven eight pounders coming up to spawn now they, they wouldn't bite but that doesn't mean that the next day they won either mm-hmm. that's probably the biggest thing i took from Kissimmee. what was your best bait uh Kissimmee. i threw a swim jig the first day of that Kissimmee yeah. tournament i caught a six pounder on a swim jig like black blue shad black color. blue yeah. black blue striking swim jig with a once you know it menace grub on the back do you and, like uh, yours horizontal or vertical, or do you switch it depending on what you're horizontal. doing? Horizontal. I always usually throw it horizontal. I just feel like they see it better. They can see the color a little bit better, and it's not as, I don't know, just personal preference. What's, what's the best striking shaky head worm? Mm. I like throwing a an ocho quite a bit, a smaller okay. ocho. There you go. Not necessarily I'm not a big shaky head guy. So like I don't just like go out and throw a shaky head. I like throwing like a four inch ocho on an eco rig. I'll put a little nail weight in it, or I'll mm-hmm. just fish the four inch ocho weightless. I prefer an eco rig over a shaky head. Have you found a good application for the hybrid hunter up north? Um I would have to say there's some lakes just south of me that it would probably be pretty killer in the spring. And I actually just played with it down in Florida when I was down there for pre-practice. It does pretty good in the hydrilla. Yeah, it does. I, I played with my, I, did, I guess I didn't throw this one. I threw the six cents version, but at okay. Pickwick and it was, it was pretty interesting what it did around grass. Yeah. Like I was surprised. I threw it right through this giant clump and I came back with maybe like one small strand without even giving it like a stroke of my rod to rip it free it was pretty crazy i was i was pretty surprised that it that it came through grass that well areas and weather i'd have to say if you had like a little bit of wind or overcast and you're fishing in like a bigger hydrilla flat that'd Mm -hmm. be the best time to not even hydrilla could be milfoil. I would say in places you'd throw a lipless crankbait. Yeah. A good, good place to start and then expand from there. Chatterbait, that kind of yeah. thing. What are your go-to spinnerbait setups? So I like to run... Typically, I'll run no trailers on my spinnerbaits. Like, no mm-hmm. like plastic trailers. I'll just run a trailer hook actually yep. and i like the skirt that comes off the spinnerbait 
that has like the six extra strands that run towards the trailer hook. Kind of make so their kinda, own trailer. Yeah. Yeah. So it kind of covers up the trailer hook a little bit. And then typically I'll run either a Colorado willow or I'll done run double willow. I haven't really experimented a whole lot with like double Colorado or anything like that. I mean, up here it's, I don't know, it's kind of irrelevant, I guess, but down south it it matters. Maybe on the Mississippi, certain times of year. Yeah, it's spring. So what's it? What's uh? You got any uh? What's your uh, road eating like? Are you like a guy that's like super healthy, getting like fruit and vegetables? Or are you like diving no, into the, the drive-throughs or what's your? I'm not super healthy. I like to so like boat snacks. I'll get like typically what's worked out best for me the last couple of years is having like I'll keep some kind of meat like venison jerky Mm -hmm. beef sticks any of that stuff and then i'll keep like uh like just like those pre-packaged pb and j's whatever those are called i forget what they're called the the, uh the uh, smuckers or whatever no you are literally a 12 year old if you eat those (laughs) the the uncrustables yeah the uncrustables (laughs) those are good and they're Uh, easy to keep in the boat and then my uh, high school angler hunter reese is gonna love this that kid he showed up at the state tournament at uh, wabasha with the sam's club thing of pirate booty and like three boxes of grape uncrustables (laughs) so Oh yeah, that's good. Beef, beef You're sticks. Like, Man, I'm getting some pirate booty for the St. John's. Is what he's thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is what's in my cooler: beef sticks, uncrustables, chewy chocolate chip granola bars, maybe like two or three bags of like those little bags of chips or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then I'll keep like uh, probably like ten or twelve water bottles in there, and then. I do like the Mio's and the Crystal Lights. Sure. I don't really do like Gatorades as much or anything like that. I just feel like it's easier. You can just buy a case of water and it's less expensive. Right. But as far as uh, on the road meal goes, uh, anytime. Oh, if you've ever, if you ever have the chance to stop in at a Bucky's, it's, it's this yeah, it's this gas station establishment. Like, I think they're only around like Mostly northern Texas. Florida and like yeah. Texas and Georgia. Yeah. But oh my god, I've never seen anything like that in my entire life. They had like at least it had to have been north of, if not close to or north of three hundred, like gas pumps, pumps yeah. and like at aisles and like we, <laughs> me and my buddy walked in there and it was like eleven thirty at night and I walked into this gas station. And you you would have swore it was twelve o'clock on a Sunday, like at noon. You just so like walk people. in there, and there's just so many people. I mean, like, where are all these people from? Like, and they're just whipping up like uh, pulled pork sandwiches and like briskets, and I'm just like, <laughs> like, why don't we have this in Stevens Point? We got Quick Trip. We don't need Bucky's. We have Quick Trip, Jay. <laughs> True. I I don't know if I'm a huge Quick Trip fan though. Whoa, you did. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not, I don't know. know. You you might not be in Wisconsin for the rest of your life. You keep talking like that. They might throw yeah. it out. We need a Casey's. Those are better. Oh, man. <laughs> Things got controversial tonight. This is... <laughs> we better switch the subject. I don't know. Uh, 
head to heads going to Malax this year? I don't know that. Is that real? Yeah. Mm-hmm. For walleyes or for bass? Bass too, yeah. Hmm. Interesting. I'm gonna have to do some research. <laughs> Seems like a really fun way to fish. I think I would enjoy that, but I don't know if I have the time. Yeah, it's like it a week, pretty cool. Week long adventure though. That's yeah. the thing. Like us working. Yeah, stuff. it takes a little time out of the day. So, what did you do for work? I assume you worked a little bit while yep. you were. But what were you doing to pay the bills between? I worked and the as a mechanic actually at an auto shop. Okay. Yeah, I worked there from the time I started, actually just out of high school, all the way through my tech school years. And currently, I still work right there right now, actually. But my boss is super. He's probably. Yeah, he's like one of the best bosses when it comes to uh, time off and things like that. Like he understands that I qualified for this and like he wants to see me succeed. So he's like, he's like, yeah, I understand. Like, but whenever you can come back and help us out, like you're more than welcome. And it's just like the best position I'm in right now. So if you like cash and checks, you're never going to be turning a wrench. But if, if you have a couple <laughs> rough tournaments, yeah. you're going to be like, hey, yeah, right. you guys need help on that uh, that water pump? Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I don't know something. Was there something? Go- What's this bachelor thing about? I feel like I don't know what this story is about. It's like, I don't know. It was it was from the tournament I fished uh, at the end of the. It was at, right at the end of the season when I fished that one up north. It was like on Matanga and Pelican and one other lake. Okay, there was something going on with the. I don't remember exactly what the. I feel like you're downplaying this because you don't want to talk about it. Mm. I don't even think it was about me. I think it was okay. about somebody else. He asked if did you end up with a date? Maybe he's mixing you up with another bachelor. I think so, yeah. So I do have a girlfriend. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Stay back, ladies. The demographics are sneaky good for the Hellabash stream with the, 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 the young 20 females, believe it or not. <laughs> 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 yeah, um you fished so you fished obviously the divisional. How often do you fish lacrosse for fun or other tournaments? So you got quite a bit of time uh, there, not much time, or I've got how many there. derbies have you fished on lacrosse in your ripe old age of 22? Prior to that, um, lacrosse regional, I've only fished one tournament out there my entire okay. life. It was a high school tournament, we took like fifth or third or something, but other than that, and that was in the spring. But, like, I've gone over there for fun. I don't know. I get over there, like, three or four times a year. All right. You know your way I'd around. Say. Yeah, right. <clears throat> yeah. You just have to get another Dobbin, Sean. You don't really need a Mega Bass. Yeah, so I guess maybe let's talk about head-to-head fishing. Maybe a lot of people don't know. So, uh, it's out of Wisconsin. It's I forget what the guys that run it, but they basically been doing it for what three, four years now. They started with yeah, walleyes, yep. and in the last couple seasons they've done uh, bass fishing. And it's basically originally it was just a bracket style, head to head. You'd basically fish head to head tournaments to get down. But now I believe there's like an open. Basically, you fish a tournament to get into the bracket now. I believe, right? Yeah, it's something That's like that. I'm not sure exactly what they're doing this year, but they're kind of going back to the bracketed format. But it's going to be in team format. Okay. So, like, as whereas before it was more of a singles deal, they're kind of getting more back to the team deal. I think it's just because it's more money, a little more at stake. They can 
I don't know. I don't know exactly what they're. But they do live doing, coverage but, the whole day. Yeah, in and out of the teams and the bracket matches. They do a really good job. It's yeah, it was super know. cool when I fished it. Like I had a camera on me all day. I had a camera on me for. Well, shoot, I made it to. I think I ended up third or third place in that tournament, and you know it was only out of sixteen people, so it was like the whole bracketed deal. But yeah, it was pretty cool because you're going one on one again. You know your odds are are better than fishing against sixty or seventy boats. Right. A lot of good exposure. Good to see you, Gabe. Uh, Wow, people are thrashing Quick Trip in the comments, and it's not making me happy. Um, Nice. I would say I would say the Casey's Pizza is better, but overall, I like Quick Trip better. Oh, Oh yeah. Uh, oh, this 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 is interesting. Are you a grape or a strawberry Uncrustables? Strawberry. Okay, I'm a little bit less offended now because I personally find grape jelly and things that are purple grape offensive, and it's not like a real flavor. There you go. Sean's on strawberry. Team strawberry. Hashtag team strawberry. Um, it's when the good luck charm comes out. Is when the strawberry Uncrustable comes out. Yeah blue it's just there's nothing left it was uh actually it was clear rum with the diet dr pepper tonight uh i just gotta finish up another bottle before we get another crack in going i did actually go to taco bell this is a fresh cup tonight taco thursday for the family i didn't really feel like cooking or anything tonight um darius is in the house what's up darius i feel like one of the other streams must have ended because there's a lot of people coming in here now who else is doing one? I don't know. I don't pay attention. Jig, jig, uh, mm-hmm. what is it? Jig Squad was on earlier. I assume Mr. Bass was streaming. He streams pretty much every night. I don't know who else. There's somebody else that goes most Thursday nights. I usually do Wednesday night, but uh, my 12 year old goalie had a game last night. She was in the pipes, uh-huh. so that took priority. Yes, Sean. Some people watch fishing, and some people like Jay actually go out and catch them. Uh, it's not a combo hey, I do a lot thing, of watching on YouTube too. yeah uh, one of uh, no one of them is a combo thing on the bay okay yeah yeah that's just kind of interesting it's I don't mind purple lures it's purple food that's supposed to taste like grape i have a problem with grape jolly ranchers are disgusting grape freezies are disgusting grape kool-aid grape jelly those things are all disgusting i can agree with that the new chalupas are you talking about the cheddar chalupas or like i try every chalupa that comes out chalupa is my favorite thing on the menu so every chalupa that comes out i will definitely try it black green worms yeah all purple grape fishing is good Things you put in your mouth, not so much. Uh, Burley was streaming. That's right. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was treading on some other. We're treading on other people's turf tonight. Jay ruffling feathers. Yeah. Um, Big Bass Dreams. Oliver Nye was streaming tonight. Yes, I have tried the Cheddar Chalupas. They're right, decent. Yeah, yeah. Monday night, Gabe was against the Natty. 
I don't even watch regular. Like I literally watch YouTube. I don't really watch regular TV anymore. Now they're taking shots. You're probably a big Packers fan, right? Or you did no. not care about the NFL? Don't care? Not or, a Packers fan. Are you another fan or just don't care about Yeah. It? I don't want to talk about it. It's... Well, no. But are you a Bears fan? <laughs> Unfortunately, yeah. Oh. I, 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 I like the Bears <laughs> better than the Packers, but not by I much. I can't stand the Packers. That's good. But we, we have that common bond then. We both hate the Packers. That's good. Yeah, that's good, yeah. Is there a backup pan to fishing? Uh, Yeah, there's always a backup plan. I mean, I can always work the rest of my life somewhere at some point. I mean, obviously, there's, there's always the thought of fishing going south. I mean, everybody has those thoughts. I just feel like I've made it this far at this point in my life this early, you know, if I take a shot at it and see well, what you happens. You can fail twice and still come back from this at That's this point, right? Hopefully, yeah, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm <laughs> suggesting you yeah. will. But. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I just hope, yeah. I mean, I'm going to put my time in and see what happens and really try hard at it. Yeah, Sean, are you trying to get people to leave my stream? I don't know what you're talking about <laughs> that for. Um any thoughts on going visor? Do you want me to make you a striking visor? No, I won't be going visor. No? It's not. No. I don't think I could. I, I could see Jay giving me the stink eye for a million. He's like, who's that old dude wearing a visor? Like, what, <laughs> what is he trying to prove? Like, Yeah, I don't think I could do it. <clears throat> Couldn't pull that yeah. off. You don't have the swagger. I, I understand. It's It takes a certain bravado to rock a visor. <laughs> yeah, Nagy getting fired. That was, good. That was a good start. F the Bears. Yeah, I get that quite a bit, too. <laughs> Blade baits? I assume you're talking about these? Blade baits? I've caught a few no, fish out. Not a ton. A little bit. Yeah, I feel like the, win- the thing is, like, it's the tricky thing where we live is, like, there's about three days between when the jig bite's good <laughs> yeah. and ice up when this is irrelevant. Literally. I don't know. Like, it happens so quick. It's like you go from like smoking them on a jig because it's like high 40s, low 50s, and two weeks later we have ice up. And then that two weeks is when you can try a blade bait. And if you got to work or a wedding, then you miss it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there you go. We, he says we got more viewers than Oliver and I. So suck it, Oliver. Nice. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite cold water bait to use? What catches the most fish in cold water? Cold water. Uh, I would have to say a jig. Or no, I take that back. Uh, I'd have to say either a jig, an Alabama rig, or a Ned rig. I would have to say the Ned rig probably goes on top. Like this time of the year when it gets to, I think I I was catching them really good on the river on a rig, like when the water was around like 47, 48. And then when it got down into like that 42, 41, where they just get super sluggish and right. like barely even move like a Ned rig dragging on the bottom or some kind of like swing head or something like That's that. That's where you should have been throwing this. Yeah. Or that, or the jig just dragging on bottom. That's when it probably excels is when I'd say when it gets below like 45 around us 
<laughs> I don't know. It could be worse. You could be old like me. You could be like 43 <laughs> and just doing live streams on YouTube and and losing to Maddie Wong at the national championship. Um, what's up, Mr. Bass? Uh, favorite A rig? You got what? What's a good A rig? Um, I don't really have a favorite. I usually snag them up and break them off. That's the problem. I kind of just like get away ones? with. Are you like uh, flash mob? Junior oh yeah, guy? so like... yeah. If you're going with like configurations, like favorite A rig would be the five arm, and then I like to run like four blades in the middle. Okay. Nothing crazy, just four on each arm, and then the one long extended one in the middle, and then I'll run. I'll actually run two blades on the top instead of dummies. I'll just run two extra blades, so then I'll only be running three baits total. Nice. So you don't run dummies? No. I feel like it's just lighter and it's just easier to cast around. Uh, I assume with striking's massive portfolio, you don't have a lot of homemade yeah. garage baits. No, uh, we do pour jigs. Like my dad pours jigs for walleyes and stuff. It doesn't so, uh, yeah, no, but. <laughs> uh, do you, are you a frog guy? Uh, a little bit. I mean, I dabble with it. Not a frog guy. If, if he's like, yeah, that means no, he's not a frog guy. <laughs> yeah, really, no. I mean, if I had to catch him on something else, I would. Yeah. You're not learning, yearning for that frog bite. like. No, I'm not like killing to look for it. Oh, man. That, that hurts. That reminds me of a little clip I just had the other day. Let's see if I can find this thing just for fun. Uh, let's get a question up that Jay can talk about while I'm, uh, yep. Woe is me. Woe is me. 38 to 36 feet water. Ooh, depend title. I don't know. I've seen him like, uh, throwing those blade baits along pilings on Chesapeake. Maybe. I don't know. I have not. No. JJ's in the house. Think of something clever. Keep talking. I wanted to show something to get us fired up about frogs. Frog fishing. Favorite technique. There you go. Go. Favorite technique. Um, I have to say a hair jig. Marabou. Not see that one coming. Like the the frou frou uh, little tiny marabou, mm-hmm. yeah. Tie your own. Which ones do you like? Maybe tie our own. Yeah. Black, black with tinsel, straight black. Straight Dude. black seems to be the go-to. Oh, all right. Straight black. What like three thirty seconds? Three thirty seconds to an eighth, depending on the wind. If it's a little bit windy, go to an eighth um, setup. Yeah, seven six. Any kind of seven six with a little bit of tip to it. Not too much. You don't want too much tip because you don't want it to load up extremely. You don't want it to load up too much. You want it to load up just enough to where you can get to your farthest casting point. I mean, the farther you can cast that bait, the better. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, I just run. I'll usually run a thinner diameter line, like six or eight pound braid to usually like a six or eight pound floral leader. Pretty long. I usually run the leader. 
Oh shoot. I usually run it into my reel a little ways and then uh like 10 10 12 feet something like yeah, that. Yeah, something like that. And then yeah, the retrieve usually it depends on depends on the depth of water I'm fishing, but like if I'm say I'm fishing in like 5 foot, I'll let it hit hit water, like like maybe let it sink for like a second or two and then just start my super slow retrieve. And I keep like a little bit of a bow in my line just that little bit of drift that way you know before you even set the hook when you get a bite if you can just watch your line especially if you're using like yellow or white line when you're using that kind of braid you know exactly when 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 they're either on there for sure because sometimes sometimes they'll actually push it and spit it out but some of the times you can watch them eat it too which is pretty crazy mm-hmm. yeah this is for our frog friends on the uh <laughs> Sounds good. Just to get people. Like, how could you not love this? Looks nice. Oh, fuck! <laughs> Can't do that with a hair jig, Jay. <laughs> Where was this? That jammer. It's, it's several years old from the Pony in the cities here. That's so long ago, uh, Kruger Farms was still in business. Yeah. First fish of the morning, get a big bite on a frog, Sounds just good. reefing them in. Yeah, that's fun. Let's see, looks nice. John says when you when you catch one on a on a frog, that's where you can think back to all of us in this conversation. <laughs> Special credit to Bill, my cussing gamer. neighbor in the background. So. Advice for a newbie going to Sturgeon Bay for the first time. Assume let's just assume spring because that's probably when he's going. Um, you're gonna be around a lot of boats, and my I don't know. My advice would be to honestly, wherever there's boats, usually there's a lot of fish okay. in that that time of the year. Sounds I like mean, it's just fishing. <laughs> <laughs> unfortunately, Sturgeon Bay, there's just not a lot of sneaky areas to get away from fishing pressure out there like they only have certain places that they spawn and certain places that they go in the spring and generally most of the time there's going to be quite a few boats in there and you know if you find boats and you start finding fish i mean for your first time there that's what i would i would look for yeah. uh yeah that's against braid the leader on spinning rods, it's a terrible take. And there's maybe a reason that Randy hasn't requalified for the elites and he's still fishing the opens. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the meta. It's the way to go. There's very few techniques where straight fluoro is probably better. And uh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll prove me wrong. I'll, I'll argue that any day. Uh, best swim bait if the Kitek. Actually, it's the K K Tech. I think it's pronounced K Tech. Mm-hmm. Best swim bait. The sexy swimmer. I just throw the <laughs> yeah. I just throw the three and a quarter sexy. Swimmer. I don't know. They're all similar, but if you want to catch more fish per bait, I'd recommend striking over the K Tech. Uh, you spy bait at all? Not really. I've gotten into it like a little bit like caught in a few fish on it but 
I'm not like an all day spy bear kind of guy. So you're more of a if you've ever flogged? Yeah, I'm more of a flogger than more a frogger, of a flogger than a frogger. Sure. Right. There you go. You should get definitely. that sticker on your boat. I'm a flogger, yeah. not a frogger. <laughs> uh, uh, advice for going to Beta Knock. Never been there. Um, I have. It's uh, depends on when you're going, but it's it's a pretty <laughs> honestly. I would bet Beta Knock is more like it probably doesn't have the high end upside. Of Sturgeon Bay, right? They're not cracking the seven yeah, right. eights, but four plus pounders. I bet you it would give, you know, all the same. I mean, Sturgeon Bay all at once. I would bet it's a, it's a sleeping giant up there. That place is pretty amazing, oh, yeah. and it's when you can fish it on your own terms, weather wise, it's a great fishery. Uh, and when if you're not fishing around a, a lot of other boats in a tournament situation, you're gonna probably fish the obvious stuff, you know, right. Um, <laughs> go launch in bay to not or big bay fish over there launch a little bay don't don't drive around the bottom mm-hmm. in case the wind comes up um cool place though dangerous place uh <laughs> yeah see I told you k-tech uh have you ever tried nylon mono? It's supposed to have more abrasions than floral, softer, trail baits. So do you play around with any monos or copolys at all? Nylon? Yeah, not really, no. Yeah. No, I'm more just a standard braid to floral kind of guy. Do you fish that on just your spinning rods or do you fish that big cast? Just spinning, well? yeah. Yeah, more of, I don't, I haven't actually dabbled with the, the FG on the bait caster yet. I just don't feel comfortable with it yet, or I haven't. I mean, it came out, you know, it started getting popular. I just haven't, I haven't tried it yet. I guess I've just been sticking to my straight braid or straight floral ways. Yeah, same here. I've dabbled with it, and I can't seem to get the right combination of a good enough knot, yeah, a soft enough rod, and me not jacking, just yeah. jacking on it. And I'll, you know, catch two or three fish, and then I'll pop one. Yeah. Um, There you go. Have you ever caught any saltwater fish while bass fishing? Yeah, no, I haven't. I don't think you don't think you've put yourself in many situations probably to do that yet. Yeah, no, I've only been to the St. John's for those three days, so did not get any redfish. Cool. All right. Well, I think we've got just about everybody's questions. The uh, the chat is trickled. Uh, I appreciate you coming on, Jay. Uh, yeah, can follow you. Appreciate you having me. Uh, I think at Jay Shakurit, as his name spilled out, no space on Instagram. Yep. That's where uh, most of it's happening right now. Uh, if you guys came in late, catch the replay, Facebook, YouTube, uh, on your Hello Bass. Search that up on your favorite podcast app. And uh, I appreciate you coming on. Good luck, Jay. I'm thinking yeah. I envision that what do you, you kind of have your break in what, like late June, July? Like sure, that's kind of the maybe we'll have you and Alex come on. We'll do like a little, yeah, that'd be cool. kind of like a midpoint of the season. Yeah. See what's going on. Sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. I appreciate it. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, uh, Jay said pretty much lock him in. Florida's his uh, wheelhouse for fancy fishing. You can count on him for two top tens. <laughs> I think that's, that's what you Both said terrible. earlier, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, appreciate everybody coming on. We had a lot of fun. The chat was pretty lively tonight. Um, And uh, as always, here to help you guys catch more big bass and suck less.